Hello and welcome to Horrified. My name is Rosie Wickland and I will be your guide to being horrified where we talk about the strange, uncomfortable, unusual things we live through and how we do it. Thanks for tuning in. So as with any horrified, we're going to talk about the things we live through and sometimes that's going to make you feel a feeling. Some times that's going to be a really bad feeling so please don't hesitate to turn off the episode and do whatever it is that helps you feel okay um you know contact your therapist take the medicines you take contact a crisis counselor i'm going to content warn anything that um, might be particularly triggering but please be aware that you might feel some feelings about that and Don't feel ashamed if you need to resource yourself. Okay, moving forward. All right, here is a story that absolutely saved my life the other day. I hope it'll help y'all. I'm going to call this one Super 8. In my early 20s, I was dating a guy who fancied himself an autois and as such had acquired a Super 8 video camera. Of course, eventually, a sex tape was made. My then-boyfriend watched it once declared it too embarrassing, mostly his butt because of unplanned poor framing, and then decided to erase or record over it. A couple months later, we were hanging out with his teenage little brother, talking about whatever, and my boyfriend excitedly dug out one of his Super 8 tapes to show him what his art had been lately. After a few minutes of meandering 20-something hijinks, the video ends, and unfortunately, halfway through, the awkward sex tape, we all freeze in horrified discomfort. His green grunts and my semi-uncomfortable sex sounds roll through the room. His little brother laughed awkwardly. Finally, after what seemed like an eternity, my boyfriend shook himself loose and got up to eject the video. I honestly don't remember exactly what happened next. Did I duck out and go to bed in awkward embarrassment, or did I laugh it off? Probably both. A couple weeks later, We were all studiously hanging out again and pretending it never, ever happened. Ah, It is one of the most embarrassing, funny stories ever. The long, stretched-out moment as we watched my boyfriend's butt bounce up and down as he grunted. I remember thinking, thank goodness, he is so much bigger than me, you can barely see me at all. The one time his narcissism played out in my favor. Well, I just really want to thank you, Super 8, for that submission because it really gave me a lift the other day. I could totally, totally picture living through something like that. Uh, If y'all have some sex tape hijinks, I really want to know, especially if they involve actual tapes. Uh, Really appreciate you, Super 8. Have a great day. So, story two today. This is a lot harder, and so we're going to have content warnings for mental health and also violence. Um, and so if you are, if you are dealing with shame because of your mental illness or you have been assaulted by someone who, um, is mentally ill, you are going to be triggered by this episode. So listen, listen with caution. It doesn't mean you can't ever listen, but make sure you're in a great spot first. Okay. So here's my horrified story. One thing that always bothers me is when people flippantly use the word sociopath to describe someone. As my brother has actually been diagnosed as one by psychiatrists, 
He started physically and verbally abusing my family from a young age, and when I was 16, he calmly walked behind me and put a butcher's knife to my throat while my mother screamed to get a reaction. When I was 20, he grabbed the wheel when I was driving and tried to plow me into a motorbike. When I was 22, he poisoned my drink with expired medications, which caused me to spend three days in the ICU. Social workers told us that my parents were loving and decent guardians and to send him to a foster home. Although he was institutionalized three times, he only stopped abusing me when he moved to Japan. He now lives in another place, and I occasionally get weird phone calls from numbers I don't recognize, and it's clearly him screaming at me. Now, this one was a really hard one to read because we do so much to reduce the stigma about living with mental illness, but when people are going through the stage of receiving their diagnoses and getting the support that they need to get better, they can really harm others. Now, that's statistically not average, but it absolutely does happen. And something that this person would really like to address is that the stereotype that's often used in TV, where there's a cool sociopathic person that feels nothing, we could do ourselves a lot better by not pretending that this was cool. It's a lot of suffering for the person who's ill and their family most of the time. And um, also, their opinion of it is that people who are sociopathic are not without feelings, but that they feel their own feelings so intensely that it can be harder to connect with and empathize with the feelings of others. So let's go ahead and make a conscious effort as we move through our days to do what we can to reduce the stigma of mental illness. And one of the ways that we're going to be able to do that is by not throwing around these words casually or like a joke. If you really like to stack your desk up a nice way, that does not mean you're OCD. If someone is unfriendly, that does not mean they're sociopathic. If someone is thin, that doesn't mean they have an eating disorder. It's not okay that we throw these ideas around so cavalierly. It hurts a lot of people. And it's also not okay for us to continue to glamorize these really false portrayals of cool sociopathic guy TV. So I really appreciate this story, and I want to send a lot of love to the person that's being spoke on and also to the person that survived all of these attempts on their life when this person was so sick. Um, I am so glad that they are okay. They still have a lot of trauma from having lived through those experiences, as you might expect. But they are really strong, and they're doing really amazing considering. So, so here is a lighter story. Um, I want to share it because it's fun. I wanted to ask my friends some of the worst things where, you know, when you're trying to say one thing and another thing comes out, whether it's with your mouth or with texting, well, here's mine. I um, had been lingering after my acupuncture visits because I really liked my acupuncturist and they clearly liked me. Not a sexy thing at all, um, but 
but a friend thing. And so eventually I'm like, hey, let's get some coffee. And they're like, yeah, awesome, great. And um, we're going to get coffee, but I'm running late. So I text my acupuncturist, I'm sorry, I'm late, my baby's fussy right now. But what I actually sent without looking is, I'm sorry, I'm late, fuck me baby now. I proceeded to send this person approximately 37 texts until they replied explaining that this was an autocorrect whore and I think they believed me because they went on to be something of a casual acquaintance but I'll never really know if they really believed me (laughs) especially since I was like trying to hang out with this professional in a non-professional capacity and I still think of that sometimes and you know cringe with my with my whole body I just cringe and um I had I had a little submission And grade school drama says, In the fifth grade, I had an adorable substitute teacher. I approached him to ask for a hole puncher. And instead, I asked him for a pole huncher. I'll never forgive myself. But you know what? I will forgive you. Don't even worry about it. Happens to the best of us. That sort of, I don't know, is that alliteration? It gets me every time. All right, I haven't done this before, but I'm excited to do it now. I wanted to do a little unpaid ad because I found a podcast that I really like, and it's a little newer like mine, but they have a few more episodes, and it's called Thrift Therapy. And as soon as I saw the title, I was like, yep, going to give that a listen. But it's done by this awesome lady called La Vie, And uh, she thrifts, like, almost professionally, and she shares all her hauls and her tips and how that helps her emotionally. And she even puts together these little, like, thrift bags for her Patreon supporters. So I'm like, oh, my God, I love this person. So if you're done listening and you um, want to do something nice for you, consider giving that a listen because it is just really fun and I enjoyed it a whole lot. And um, I have had very few horrors and lots of joys while thrifting. My only ever horror, if you live in a place that has Goodwill bins, um, like uh, there's a regular Goodwill, but then there's the Goodwill bins where everything is just sold by the pound. Ooh, horns, no thanks. Everything is just sold by the pound. And you just go and you dig through and they keep bringing out new bins to dig through. And, like, for the most part, it's just, like, stretched out shirts and, you know, just stuff they couldn't sell in the regular Goodwills. But one time I was there and I saw this, like, Malco Modes type really full petticoat and I was really excited and it's bright yellow. And I reached right for it and through some mystery, it was just soaked in piss, just absolutely thoroughly piss-saturated. And while I don't normally use hand sanitizer, I do keep it in my handbag when I'm thrifting because holy shit, guys, or should I say holy piss, guys, gals, non-binary friends, it was the pissiest tutu. Like, like I, I can pee a lot. I can pee so much and I can't pee enough for how much urine was on this big 
fluffy yellow uh, petticoat. It's like, you know, like what a person puts under their skirt when they want to floof it out, like for sort of a pinup look. And the unfortunate thing was how many people grabbed it and had a similar experience. And there's like, the staff is way too busy to provide assistance with that. Um, so, (laughs) so eventually I grabbed a stick and I pulled it out and I just like flung it into a corner. And then the busy, busy folks working there were like, Hey, don't do that. And I'm like, that, that had to happen. (laughs) And do you have a trash can? And he's like, Oh, Oh yeah. So I used the stick to get it in, um, a hard to find trash can. But for the most part, thrifting is good medicine as long as you're not totally fluffing up your budget. Uh, So I hope y'all will give thrift therapy a look over and I hope that um, auspiciously yellow petticoat story will give you an amusement. Okay, I was hoping to collect a few more horrifying stories for this week. But, you know, some weeks are less horrifying than others. There have been a few personal horrors, menstrual overflows, toileting emergencies. I would bring my doggy near you. Yeah, doggy's right next to me. But, uh, above all, pretty chill week. Uh, I hope you had a good one, too. If you have a horror story to submit, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me um, on Gmail. It's R-O-S-I-E-W-I-K-L-U-N-D. Okay, bye-bye. Have a great week.